Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I'm Dan Pazuda, joined here by Rich Rebar. Yo, Rich, heading into week five, last week without buys. So I, we're we're in it now. It, it just kind of feels like the season's moving along. How are we doing today? Doing real good, yeah. We're, we're like almost like, like in October now. Yeah, heat's, heat's been turned on, uh, try, tr- trying to wear long sleeves now. It's, man, it is really kind of like really turned in a hurry. Uh, you forget how fast the season goes when we're in it. We're just turning the page in a week after week. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where you start doing everything. It's like, oh, it's week five already. I get, we're, it's really, we're going, man. And uh, it's still, we're, we're still trying to figure out who some of these teams are. It's just one of those things. I think we've, you know, talked about it before where a lot, just a lot of these teams are close together. So we're, we're learning a lot about teams just because there's, there's no great teams uh, right now. Um, you know, you yeah, it's at, the Eagles and yeah. That's, that's it. That's, that's where we are. I mean, by, by point differential, the, the Bills are up there, but still, like, they're they're not blowing teams out like they did last year um, around this time. So it's it, it's made it exciting. Which This weekend should give them some cushion. <laughs> yeah, I would think so. So, actually, let's, <laughs> let's start with that game because I am intrigued. Uh, because, one, the Bills had a weird game against the Ravens, and it, we were kind of – expecting it to be close because the Ravens are good but again it was in a way that like that Ravens games have kind of been weird this year and also Bills games have been a little weird and it's kind of one of these things so I, I wrote about this for first and ten because it kind of always seems like the Bills spend like the first quarter trying to really just kind of get a, a lay of the land and, and figure some things out and it kind of comes across in like Josh Allen's a dot right so he mm-hmm. starts games in the first quarter of games 4.13 a dot so it, we like saw that in the first game of the season and it kind of came out like oh the rams are going to play too high so josh allen's going to get the ball out quickly he's getting it out short like this is a new aspect of the bills offense but like that's the thing that's happened like all four weeks so far and it's kind of gotten them off to like slow starts a little bit where they kind of have to turn it on so i'm wondering how much longer this continues or if they start to try to like push the pedal a little bit earlier in games going forward, um, because it just kind of seems like it puts them in a position where they have to kind of you know put the pedal down later in games. When you look at his eight out, it goes from four one three to seven two four in the second quarter to six eight nine in the third quarter, and then ten point five in the fourth quarter. And like that's been when he's had to like has a couple games where they have to you know start pushing it down the field. And it's the same thing for you know throws over twenty yards. 4.4% in the first quarter, 7.8% in the second quarter, 9.1% uh, in the third quarter, and 10.7% in the fourth quarter. So I'm just kind of wondering if, if the Bills feel like they need to start a little faster uh, going forward. And that's one thing I'm, I'm pretty interested in watching. Yeah, I think it, we'll start to see them push the ball downfield. I think a big product of what's happened, these, especially these last two weeks and uh, start of the season, is we've had Gabe Davis be hurt. You know, yeah. he's, he's clearly playing hurt as well. Like he looked like he couldn't even turn last week in that, that Ravens game. Uh, he looked really rough. And as a byproduct of Gabe Davis, like being hurt and not getting targeted at all, you know, after Stefan Diggs, like look at who are the next guys in line in like the terms of like targets on the Bills roster, right? You got like Isaiah McKenzie, you got Devin Singletary, you got Dawson Knox. Like inherently when you have to throw a ball to those guys, what's your ADOT going to look like, right? 
Like it's it's those guys aren't commanding targets downfield. So it comes along for the ride. We've talked about this like the Justin Herbert ADOT a little bit too. Like when you have to throw the football 300 times to Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, like ADOT's not really going to be that great. Uh, and that's kind of what's happened to the Bills a little bit. They've got one guy that's like really kind of generating targets uh, beyond the intermediate level right now. Uh, and they've done things in the past, like scheme guys like Austin Knox with, with targets, but like we're talking about like commanding downfield targets. Um, they just haven't had that guy yet. So I'm curious to see Gabe Davis is his first full practice uh, during the week yesterday that he's had in three weeks. So it sounds like he's back to like full strength and is going to be healthy. I'm curious because he's going to be integral, right? He's going to be an integral part of this offense uh, moving forward. Um, but I, I still don't really have any like really any big picture issues with the Bills in general. Like this is a team still kind of, you know, they, they had the turnover, losing Dayball, going to Ken Dorsey, and they're finding their way. There's a lot of talent. They know what they have in Josh Allen. Uh, and he's, you know, he went out and basically won them that game in the second half last week. But big picture, still feeling really, really strong about this offense. Yeah, and I, I don't have an issue with that. I just feel like if, you know, they – they're just maybe slow playing it a little too much. Cause like, even when Davis has been on the field, it's still kind of been that thing where they, they start the a little slow and it, it just kind of feels like there's some point where they're going quick and short, just like for the sake of it. And I'm not totally sure they need to be doing that as often uh, as they do. Um, but it, it's going to be interesting this week. Cause like you said, there is the, um, you know, the, battling the Gabe Davis injury, but if he's healthy, it's the, is Isaiah McKenzie going to play? Um, or is that going to be filling in with uh, Kalu Shakir? If, if he can play, like there's a couple of those, you know, ancillary pieces that just kind of questionable. Big, this big clear Shakir podcast. It, it has been. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I've also been like a big Isaiah McKenzie podcast. So we're like old slot guys on the bills. Uh, we have been uh, very pro for, for 2022. So I can, can do no wrong there, but it'll be interesting to see like who's healthy and how that rotation um, ends up. And like, when you look at, you know, what they were able to do against Baltimore, they were able to get that run game going a, a little bit. And that's something they, they kind of struggled with um, a little bit uh, early in the season. So uh, I'm, interested to see how that continues because um you know they were you know obviously so pass heavy uh under Dable but I think they they kind of need that and we've talked about it so much for so many of these offenses across the league you kind of need that to get you know the teams to you know respect that a little bit and I think that that's coming around uh in in, in the league right now like the, the run game does it matter and, and again it's not the league wide I wrote about this in first and ten too it's not you're not getting positive EPA uh, rushing the ball, you know, league wide, but it's the closest it's been to the EPA on dropbacks that we've seen in in quite a while. So it, it is mattering because of how defenses are playing right now, how offenses are structuring their run games. Um, so uh, I'm interested to see where where the Bills are able to, you know, continue going with that, and to see if it's a bigger piece uh, where they like they're run blocking. Okay, they just can't really, or sorry, no, they're they're not run blocking. Okay, and that like that's been the issue. Right, there was kind of like a uh, with the Bills trade for Saquon Barkley, like that's not going to help when you know they're the Bills are getting hit at the line like fifty percent of the time. Like that's Saquon Barkley is not going to help you there. Like so, the the running backs are not the issue. Like the, it's been the the run blocking. Um, so, and just kind of interested to see like how how they continue to to get through there to kind of get a a more well rounded offense. Doesn't necessarily need to be balanced. But yeah, I think you kind of have to have that threat right now in the in the NFL. 
Yeah, we've seen them really too the last two weeks kind of, you know, as they were kind of having like the start of this backfield committee, uh, really kind of say like, all right, when when stuff hits the fan, like our Devin Singletary's our guy too. This happened two weeks in a row. So, uh, yeah, he looks pretty locked in. I want to talk about the Steelers for a little bit too. I know that, the, you know, obviously Kenny Pickett's the story, but I – yeah. I don't know if you looked this. I uncovered this this week, and uh, we have our true media account on the site. And you know, if you look at all all players in the NFL that have run over fifty pass routes this year, and you sort by deep routes, 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 not targets that are run twenty yards or further downfield. Here are the top six players: right, Pat Fryermuth, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens. You have a gap, the Najee Harris, all Steelers players. What is, what is this offense? What, what is this offense? Like how, how are the top five targets in your offense? All have, all have route rates at the league, at the league highs, 20 yards or further downfield. Like what, what is going on there? And it, they're, they're not being thrown the ball there either. And no. like that's part of like, those are, it's, the part of the you know the the clear out to I guess get the the guys open, but I so we'll talk about Kenny Pickett a little bit because he did throw deep um, when yeah, he came he into the game, which was the complete opposite of what he did in the preseason, where yeah, he did yeah. not throw deep at all. Um, well, like ninety percent of his passes were within ten yards of the line of scrimmage during the preseason. That's when he was like super efficient. I think we kind of saw some of the reasons why Kenny Pickett might not have thrown deep. Uh, as often in the preseason, uh, I mean, you can go like the, you can have a lot of discussion about the interceptions, whose faults they are. Yep. They were all not good throws. No. Um, so if you want to talk about the, the bouncing off guys' hands, or if uh, you know, uh, Claypool could have fought for the ball a little, they were they were not good throws, and and that deep interception to Claypool, it, it hung up. Like there's not a lot of juice in. Kenny Pickett deep ball and I think like that's the part of the issue but I'll be interested to see like what version of Kenny Pickett do we see as a starter now in the regular season because we saw one version of him uh in the preseason we saw a very different version just in the way he tried to attack and also because I think like they they needed the spark a little bit we saw a very different version when he came into that game um and they blew it again he's Go, going against the Bills defense, which is not going to help. Yeah, and you know, Tomlin's had an amazing you know tenure there at, at Pittsburgh, but they absolutely botched this situation. I mean, you come off of a Thursday yeah. night game, you have ten days, and you have a home game with the Jets lined up. I mean, it was the window to have him just ready to start that game, and you don't do it, and you yeah, end up bringing him in, and you bring him in at half, and you have to bring him in at halftime anyways, and now he's going to make his first career start on the road in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, like that's been covered a lot. Obviously, like it's just not not ideal. Um, so but they have talented we're... players. Like, I mean, I would love to see Kenny Pickett actually be good. We've been kind of d- during the draft process, we were detractors of him, but I think even you would agree. Like, we want him to be good. Like the and we want all these players to be good. As many as many good players are are in the NFL benefits everybody. Uh, yes, so I want yeah. it to work out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I. I don't think the um, I don't necessarily think it is looking good, especially in in his first career start. Like these are not the ideal circumstances because uh, you're going to look at this this Bills uh, pass rush that 
they can get pressure with four um, against the Ravens. They threw a couple blitzes in, uh, in the second half and uh, the Ravens had no idea what to do with them. They had that one blitz um, that like one interior defensive lineman uh, on the field. And that was Daquan Jones. The other players that they had, they had like this mugged up look um, where it was uh, Matt Milano was on the defensive line. Then it was Jones, AJ Epinesa and Von Miller were the two guys in, in the a gap kind of mugging it up. Then it was Greg Rousseau, Jermaine Edmonds, and then Teron Johnson, uh, the corner he's coming on a blitz too, as they drop a couple of guys. So they only send five when they had like seven at the line of scrimmage. Um, and the Ravens just had like no idea. So, you know, the bills don't blitz often. Like we've talked about that, but mm-hmm. when they did blitz, like they're, they're, they know how to get pressure and how to get a free rusher. Um, and I'm, I don't know if they're going to be sending a lot of blitzes at Kenny Pickett. I mean, like that's kind of been the thing, like you just blitz rookie quarterbacks cause they're not ready for it. The bills don't necessarily have to do that because they can get pressure with four. They're so good at getting pressure with four, but if they do blitz like that's, that's going to be trouble uh, because I don't think, Pickett's going to be ready for it. I don't think the Steelers are going to be ready for it. So they, the Bills just like might mix it in a little bit. And then you look at the coverage, like the coverage for the Bills has still been good. Um, you know, getting Jordan Porter back was big. Um, you know, they're, they're still going to play that, that too deep and they're not going to allow a lot of, you know, deep passes. So I'm um, very interested to see like, and they'll what get Tredavious this... White back along the ride. Yeah. And eventually. Um, so, I'm not sure what the Steelers offense is going to look like. Like, Is it going to look like preseason Kenny Pickett where he's trying to, you know, throw quick and short uh, just to get the ball out because that's probably going to be the best, the path against the Bills defense. But yeah, like you said, like that's, you're just kind of putting Pickett in in a no win situation uh, for him to, you know, come out in his first start. I want to go see these. I haven't like really like dug into like the Steelers on any level, but like when I saw that, uh, all these guys, it was all Steelers and deep route. I'm like, what is this offense? Like, are they just running like four verts? Like, you know, just like all like, you know, two flat three goes. Like, what is happening? Is this, like, what is Matt Canada doing here? That's, that's a great <laughs> question. Uh, that... What are the, like, how, how is it that, that, that you're running back in tight end or the top of this, this league list too? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm a little I'm over the the backhanded offense. It's it's not fun. No, it, it no really it's not enjoyable not. at any level. It's like it, nine motions to you know throw the flat. Uh, it's it's not great. <laughs> so uh, let's move on. Um, the Chargers Browns I think is a very intriguing game because I will go back to like Justin Herbert. Uh, obviously that, uh, you know, has been playing hurt, but looked pretty good uh, against the Texans. And again, it is against the Texans, but like they're doing some okay things on defense. Like that's where their players are. Right. So, but you look at Herbert uh, 0.4, the EPA per dropback uh, in week four, that was the second highest of week four behind Gino Smith. Um, if you look at their, their use of more motion, he threw to the intermediate level more than he has um, in, in any game so far this year. So I think that they may be finding their stride. Keenan Allen uh, should be coming back. You know, we'll get a healthier version of that. And I think like that kind of opens up some things. Um, and the, the Cleveland defense is a one like in the secondary. I think you can still take advantage of them a little bit. The, the pass rush has been there. Miles Garrett will be back. Obviously, like, they didn't have him last week. Um, so I think like that's going to be a struggle against this Chargers 
the offensive line that is a little banged up. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a, quite a, an interesting push and pull here. And I'll, I want to see what the Chargers like do offensively to, to make up for that. Um, because last week it was getting the ball to the intermediate level more, which I think is, is a positive uh, because it, it could have been more, you know, screens and, and short passes to make up for some of the offensive line injuries. Uh, but if they're going to try to push the ball into at least the intermediate, cause we know like this might not be a very a high volume deep passing team, just because there, there's not a lot of juice there. Um, but if they can, you know, work that intermediate area, like that's where Herbert's going to kill. So I'd really like to see them do that a little more. Yeah, I think we'll see more of the more of that short passing. Obviously, Houston doesn't have the pass rushers to take advantage of the situation that we were in. Uh, getting Clowney back would be nice too with Miles Garrett, but at least Miles Garrett is going to really put this to the test. Uh, you know, losing Rashawn Slater. Um, as opposed to last week, but the Browns, yeah, they're one of these defenses that like they're they're doing the same thing they did last year, right? Like you, the pieces are there, everything's kind of lined up. They play well for stretches, and then they just kind of either like they, they either botch third downs, they botch fourth quarters. Like this was the story with them last year. They were literally the league's best defense, like on first and second down last year, and they couldn't get off the field on third down. And it's kind of similar, like they're they're once again struggling, you know, uh, in, in late games, just big plays, like botched assignments. Uh, they have cleaned up the third down stuff a little bit, but yeah, they're just, it's just like something is just like a miss, like whether it be, like I said, like just a, a blown assignment or just giving up uh, an uncovered guy. But uh, this is the, the Browns right now, though, should have been should be better than the two and two record that they have, and they're probably going to regret not having a better two and two record because they're going to start playing real teams right now. Uh, their immediate schedule completely flips. I mean, you look at who they opened the season with, uh, you know, playing last week against Marcus Mariota, who was absolutely dreadful in that game. Uh, they were he was so bad that the Falcons immediately they just took the ball out of his hands, and the Browns allowed that to happen. And it was actually, you know, it was it was semi-intelligent by Arthur Smith because you know you don't have Clowney, you don't have Miles Garrett, and the Browns are light at defensive tackle, so you just take advantage of that. But uh, you know, they faced Mitch Trubisky the week prior to that, they faced Joe Flacco, uh, and then, then in week one, uh, they faced Baker Mayfield. So like you face no good quarterbacks to start the year, and now you know you're gonna face Justin Herbert. Uh, you do have a, a, a game against, well, no, we don't know who uh, the Patriots are going to feel, but then you've got Ravens, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills, Buccaneers all in a row. Like that too, you needed to be three and one, maybe even four and oh at this point. Cause you know, you're not going to tread water through that stretch with Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. So like, that's, that's kind of the thing. Like what is this Browns offense because the passing offense has been kind of hit or miss but the rushing offense has still been it's still the best in the league like easily right now you, you look at what they're doing with with Nick Chubb like the, the blocking is is so good and I think like that's something they are going to have to continue to rely on especially against the Chargers because for all the talk we had of you know what the Chargers added to this defensive line um it stacked up against the the run and, and adding these bodies and they are still 26th in EPA uh, per play against the run, uh, which which is not good. And the Browns are first in EPA against the run, like and and so much. It's not like an efficient run offense. It's inefficient offense in general. Like the Browns EPA per rush right now would be fourth in EPA per dropback among teams. So like this is a, a good 
run off. It's like not good for a run offense. Like this is efficient for for an offense in general. And they, like, they are one of the teams that can kind of rely on that just because they're so good at blocking. Nick Chubb's so good, um, you know, when they throw uh, Kareem Hunt in there. So that's it's something like they, they might not have to throw a pass uh, in this game. Yeah, I mean, it's, with the Browns, it all comes down to it doesn't matter how great you are running the football if you're in a position where you can't. And that's where we've been right now. Like, they still, even with last week, they are only seventh in the NFL and rate of snaps trailed so far through the first four weeks. So, like, if you're down 14 nothing, you you know, if you're yeah. down seven, you're down, you're trailing by double digits to half, you, it doesn't matter how good your run game is, right? Like, you come out of it. Uh, this game is interesting, too, because we talked about the Falcons a little bit, like, the other side of this, too, is not just blocking Miles Garrett. The Chargers can't run the football. And they're one of these teams that are getting all these looks, right? Like, teams are not playing man coverage against the Chargers. I mean, you don't, you don't really have to. Uh, team, they're, they're the ones getting, like, all these, all these zone looks and all these, you know, your cover four looks. A lot of teams have, have played them over the top. Uh, and they can't run the football. It's great when you play Houston, right, and you can get some running, running that way. Uh, but they, they have not run the football at all this year. Uh, and I'm really worried about that, the injuries, the offensive line and impacting that area of the game, kind of like how we've seen the Buccaneers, right? We've talked about the Buccaneers, like their offensive line injuries haven't really impacted the passing game a ton because Brady still get, just gets the ball out so fast. But when they, when the Buccaneers have tried to run the football, it's been an absolute nightmare. And I do wonder if the chargers are just going to have this problem continuously all year uh, when they don't play the Texans. And even when they play the Texans, like it's not like they like lit it up and ran for like 200 yards. Uh, for them, it was like their version of running for 200 yards. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the they're getting around that a little bit, the, the Chargers, by kind of having some more, you know, passes behind the line of scrimmage. They're trying to get, you know, some of the screen game uh, going a, a little bit. So they're, they're trying to work their way around it, um, you know, but yeah, it's just going to be one of those things where it also seems like they're going to be one of those teams that kind of stubbornly wants to be like, we're, we're going to get this run game going. Uh, and I think like that, that's probably going to be a, a potentially a problem that goes forward for the Chargers. Like how quickly do they say, like, we should just let Justin Herbert throw it. Um, and yeah, I think I mean, that's, that's any, every Sony Michelle touch is a gift to the defense. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's that's a thing in 2022. I, who could have seen that coming? Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Sony Michelle is is getting two and a half yards per carry, but we're going to keep giving giving him rotating him into the game. All right, so <laughs> that let's let's transition then because that that works out to where we're transitioning to. Cincinnati Bengals, man, they're they're still trying to make Joe Mixon work. Um, so we have a uh, we have Ravens. Ravens and Bengals. Um, and let's start with the, the Cincinnati offense because they figured out the passing game. Like that, that was the thing that happened, right? Burrow easily had his best game. Uh, you know, Thursday night was, was weird for, for a lot of reasons. Um, but you look at Joe Burrow, um, you know, obviously his best game of the season, it went deep over 22% of the time uh, against Miami. And that was like kind of went with some of Miami's looks that they were giving. Um, you know, he hadn't been over 10% uh, in a game uh, so far this year. Uh, he also had the lowest rate of empty uh, that he was running. Only 8.8% of his dropbacks from empty. And like, we you know, from, yeah, if you've listened to this podcast and heard me talk about <laughs> a lot of the empty things they do uh, for, for a lot of the time, like that's only Burroughs. Uh, it's the second lowest rate of his career, only his fourth game of his career under 10%. 
Um, so, you know, they, they've liked to, you know, spread the ball out horizontally and work the defense that way. Um, but man, that rushing offense, they were still running 60% of the time on first down. Uh, it's 55%, uh, uh, for the season, which is the 10th highest rate. They are the worst first down offense right now by EPA per play in the league. Um, and when like the there were still some offensive line struggles, they weren't when they weren't pushing the ball down the field like that just kind of really sets you back. Um, so it just kind of seems like they're going to they're this team that is going to stubbornly say we want to establish the run. Like they are a team that is establishing it, right? We've talked about rushing efficiency. Like there are teams that are are good in finding ways to run the ball to help the offense. The, the Bengals just want to establish it like for the sake of establishing it. And they're terrible at it. And it's really hurting the offense. I mean, we talked about this all last year too. Uh, yeah. You know, this is what Zach, this is the hand that Zach Taylor shows us who he wants to be. It's very much, you know, when you talk about the McVay coaching tree, it's very much what they were like the girly Rams, right? Like that's what like th- they're trying to the, do. The late stage girly Rams. Yeah. The late stage girly Rams. But instead you have, you don't have Jared Goff and Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins. You have Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Like, <laughs> what exactly are we doing? I give them some credit because, you know, you've, you've probably seen the clip that's making the rounds. Like, they figured out that, like, if they go under center more, they could get more, you know, single high looks and get some of these, uh, uh, you know, get teams out of the, some of the shell coverage they face. But they're still just – running the ball into a brick wall and it's it's so maddening we did this all last year though and this is who zach taylor is um and it's a it's a bummer because like joe mixon is getting dragged through it like he has what one carry of 10 or more yards on the season uh just 12 percent of his carries have gone for a first down or touchdown uh only michael carter has a lower rate among running backs with 20 or more carries it's rough, man. They're a tough watch. They're the, the Bengals are a tough watch. They shouldn't be. They like we should love watching the Bengals. We should be happy to have this this you know guy that's basically almost like modern modern Joe Montana uh, throwing to two of the most like electric young wide receivers in football. And like the Bengals, Bengals are a tough offense to watch, man. Yeah, and it's weird because they're they're twelfth in run block win rate, so it's not like they're consistently blowing blocks, um, but. Yeah, like he is getting hit at the line. Like there's not a lot of, you know, elusive uh, ability to get out of it. It's just like everything is working against them, and they just are the 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 beatings will continue until I guess rushing efficiency improves. I, I don't I don't know. Like they just they're not getting out of it at all. Um, and it's it, like you said, it's it's tough to watch. It's not good for the offense. Like no one. No one on the offense is better for what they are trying to establish uh, early in the games. And so you're putting Burrow in, in second down, you're putting him in, in third and longs, which is when the offense is teeing or when the defense is teeing off. Uh, and that's when, you know, Burrow's going to get in trouble and taking some sacks. So it's just, I, I don't really know what they're doing and they're going to be going against this Ravens defense now that, has been strong against the run uh, over the past mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Like that's where that strength is, especially, you know, in that interior, um, you know, you have 
the cornerbacks who have you know been hit or miss in the secondary, there's still like we've talked about it, there's still some communication issues. It hasn't completely clicked. Um, so if you're gonna just run on first down against the Ravens, like then you're putting them in a position where like they have the advantage. And if we're doing that, like then I'm I'm completely out on Zach Taylor. Uh, you know, I'm already mostly there. Like we haven't had a lot of trust in Zach Taylor, but like if that is what they are going to go into this game with and like that is their plan like the Bengals could get better and like maybe make the playoffs again but like they're they're not going to be serious long term like it's just not going to be a thing I mean the Bengals uh I think are pretty fortunate you know to have Lou Anaramo uh because he's he he seems like he gets it and Zach Taylor does it and it's kind of we saw in the playoffs like what the Bengals did defensively was so critical in getting there. Because remember, the, the offense wasn't like electric in the postseason at all, yeah. by any means. On that run to the Super Bowl, like, you know, it was the defensive changes that they made during the games. You know, like, think about specifically, we think of the Chiefs game, right? Like, you know, being down, what they were able to do in the second half to allow that offense to come back. Uh, they made adjustments against the Rams, and Odo Beckham got hurt, you know, to kind of pro- bring them back in that game. Uh, and that's been kind of been the case this season, too. And I'm curious to see, because we talked about last week what we thought the Ravens were going to look like, and it did happen, right? We were kind of worried about the Ravens in that game against the Bills, and the weather didn't help either in that game. But I'm curious now to see if it if it spills over, and especially if they don't have Rashad Bateman available in this game. Mm-hmm. You yeah, that was Rashad, big. You remove Rashad Bateman, I mean, you're leaning on – like you just have Mark Andrews. Like you can't rely on any of these other guys. Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson are the next men up in the receiving game. Like that's rough, man. You're asking for the style of structure the Ravens want to play offensively to rely on guys like that to win. That's that's tough. That's a tough ask. And if teams aren't going to put them in situations where they're in one-on-one situations or, you know, they can they can create plays on their own, like and you have to beat zone continuously with guys that are just very lesser thans. Yeah. I guess. It's going to be tough for the Ravens. Yeah, it is. And like you look at what the Bengals defense is doing, like they're, they're not like overly reliant on turnovers. They're, uh, you know, 11th in turnovers uh, per drive. So it's not even like this is, um, you know, an unsustainable type thing. They're just playing really well. Uh, 40% of uh, opposing drives against the Bengals are ending in a punt. That's the eighth uh, best um, right now, like they, they are figuring some things out. Like they're just structurally, they're, they're really sound. Um, and that, that does put the Ravens in a spot where like we've, we've talked about, it. it's just like the, it looked like they, they figured out the blitz, which was great. But when you look at what they're doing against a four man rush and like they have, have to structure a passing offense. It just like, wasn't there. So it, there's, there's still not a lot of structure in this offense. And it's just, if Lamar is not doing something amazing, yes, it's <laughs> it, there, there's nothing here and there, there's no easy buttons in, in this offense for them at, nope. at all, at any point. Um, you know, having JK Dobbins back helped a little bit early in, in the bills game. He looked like he had a little more juice and like that helped the run game. Uh, which was really struggling before he was in, but the the Ravens just they they don't have any like everything is is a struggle, and if it's not Lamar Jackson singularly making something happen, uh, and whether that like that is a deep throw that like looks like it's it's nice, it's it's all him. 
Um, and, and that's that's a tough place to consistently rely on throughout the season because, like we saw, if you ha- run into a defense that is going to do whatever they can uh, to do that and maybe throw some change-ups, and I think that's what we saw from the Bills in the second half of that game uh, last week where Lamar Jackson did not throw a pass more than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage in the second half um, uh, against the Bills. Uh, because uh, the Bills were, were coming back. They had a couple more of those those blitz looks. Um, without Rashad Bateman, they didn't have anything. It's it's it's, it's a tough place to be. And yeah. Lamar Jackson is great. And like he's good enough where he has been able to drag that offense. Um, but the, the more good defenses they see throughout the season, um, the, the tougher that's going to be to sustain. And I think yeah, that's where yeah. they're going to be with the Bengals. Yep, that's exactly what that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's literally the Lamar Jackson. You see the, the tweets even after the the, the uh, against the Patriots and the Dolphins. Like, just give him all all of his money because he's he's the entire offense. Um, and if they don't have Bateman, yeah, it's gonna be real tough. But yeah, I'm curious to see if that spills over because Lamar obviously had those two incredible games versus Miami and New England, and it, it stinks because Man, people he's, almost he's so good. Like, yeah, that's, he's like, that, that's the thing. He's yeah. maybe too good because the Ravens like don't feel like they have to do anything to help him out. There's oh, yeah, like, no, yeah, that's true because <laughs> it is like, like I said, especially with Bateman because you're you're gonna like, it's literally just Mark Andrews. Like they have no one else. Like Devin Duvernay's a fine player, like but no defense is like gonna be scared of Devin Duvernay. <laughs> like uh, especially like you said like him trying to win in structure. Like it's not like he's gonna catch like four. It's not like he's gonna have like a ten can catch on fourteen target game, right? Like that's right. Not yeah, yeah. That's not gonna happen. So yeah, I'm very curious. To, like yeah, I, it's it almost is a bit of a disappointment how the Ravens have built this offense continuously haven't just like loaded up on playmakers through the Lamar Jackson era, and now his contract is coming up. Um, does it, it's continuous. Like you drafted Hollywood Brown and he was a solid player. You obviously trade him out. You because we were excited that they were adding Bateman to Hollywood Brown, and we never got to really see that last year. Right. Uh, and you have Mark Andrews, and but like they've never like loaded up on offensive players during the Lamar Jackson era. Like not now, even a little bit. Yeah, it 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 just hasn't been the case. Like it was, like you said, it was Marquise Brown, and then it was Rashad Bateman. Like that's that's it. Um, it's been like a lot of like the, the bigger guys working, you know, the, the middle of the field too. And like, that's just, and now it's, it's only Mark Andrews, right? Like Isaiah mm-hmm. likely hasn't, you know, completely the come on during the regular season yet. Um, it's just, yeah, like there's, there's not a lot of places where like the Andrews is the only thing, right? When you think of like, what can the Ravens do? Like when they need to make a play and like, Andrews like for as good as he is like has some drop issues right so like that kind of has like everything is Lamar Jackson and like that, that and he's a tight end it. and he's a he's yeah. a great tight end it's the same thing we deal with like a little bit we've seen a little bit the first th- four weeks with the Chiefs like you know when you when Travis Kelsey's not going like we saw against the, the Chargers and the Colts like you know it it does become more of a struggle and the Ravens obviously have no other answers Whereas, like, opposed to the Chiefs, at least they have a couple more outs, right? But, like, when Mark Andrews isn't going, like, last week, what do you have? And we see, like, it's it's struggling. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's tough. All right. Another struggling offense. And I want to kind of dive into this because I I, I just wrote about it uh, for Sharp Football Analysis on Wednesday. Let's talk about Cowboys-Rams because the Rams are in an interesting spot here. Because they are 
bad. Uh, they're they're a tough watch on offense. Uh, right now, they are thirty um, first in yards per play on offense, which is insane right now. Two games under four yards per play, um, and one of them was was week one. Uh, the most recent was week four against San Francisco. And again, the, uh, I said this in the article, like the against the t- two of the best defenses in the league. But like the Rams aren't supposed to be an offense that hinges on the defensive quality of the opponent, right? Like they are supposed Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, do what they do against whoever. Um, So everything on the Rams right now is just a little bit worse than it was last year. And that's had like big ramifications everywhere, right? They've lost like a, they've lost like a couple of pieces. Um, (laughs) uh, Yeah. There was no, the pun intended, like I'm, (laughs) It's too early in the morning for uh, for that to have been uh, intended. Um, but, like, so it, the offensive line is obviously, like, the biggest one, right? You lose Andrew Whitworth. There's been injuries across that offensive line uh, going throughout the season, right? They're going to be on their third center um, uh, coming into this week. Um, it's just been you know, hit or miss. They've, they've already had more offensive line combinations like this year than they had all of last year. Their most common offensive line has only played 40% of the snaps this year. That was over 60% uh, last year. It's, it's been tough. So I think one of the biggest things there is they, they don't trust the offensive line enough to run empty. And again, we talked about that so much. The Rams had one of the best empty packages in the league last year because they trusted the offensive line. They had Matthew Stafford and that was a vertical empty game that worked out well. Um, and one they so they don't trust that offensive line to hold up in a five man protection. So they're empty so much less. Um, right. So they have gone from uh, like t- almost 30% of Stafford's dropbacks last year were an empty. It's only 18% this year and that's still like a top 10 rate but that's such a big drop from what they did last year like that was such a big piece of what they did and being able to stretch defense horizontally but also hit those vertical shots that was such a big piece of what the rams did and they just they can't do it right now um and you look at like everything is just it feels like so condensed and it's like it's one of those things it's kind of like the the ravens and mark andrews right if you have cooper cup who's who's still putting up great numbers and actually like if you look at it like almost better numbers like on a like a rate basis than he had last year like he's getting targeted uh more like per route um he's a bigger piece of the offense technically but like there's there's nothing else yeah and even cooper cup when you look at him like uh even he's he's almost four yards fewer uh, per catch than he was last year he's almost three yards fewer than per target than he was last year too. So even he, he's just, they're just throwing to him a lot more and shorter. Like you said, because yeah. everything's, because everything's condensed. So he's like, it's one of these stories like, Oh, Cooper cup's going to, he's pacing to shatter the reception record, but they're not really great receptions. And in terms of real football, uh, you know, right. And, and, it's, and there's, yeah. there's not a lot of room to run either. Right. His long is 28 yards. He's not even averaging 10 yards to catch. Yeah. Right now, uh, it's a, that's not good. Like when you're leading receiver, a guy that you're giving the most targets to isn't even leading. Like he doesn't even have ten yards per catch. Like that's not good. That's not that that tells it all. Um, and like you said, it's a cumulative issue. Offensive line, surrounding playmaker, Stafford's elbow, uh, whatever you want to do, uh, it's rough, man. They have nine passing plays of twenty or more yards, the third fewest in the NFL. 
it it's bad. And the other thing is too, they have no outs. Like we talked about the Chargers a little bit. This team cannot run the football either, and they couldn't run it last year uh, at all. They were thirty first, I think, in EPA running the ball last year. You lose the offensive lineman, they can't run the football at all. So they have no they have no way to make it easy. They they have no way to generate anything easy right now on offense. And you're going to be facing a team that can rush the passer. Like the Cowboys haven't faced a lot of good teams, but like, you know, they can rush the passer. We know that they ran, they rushed the passer all last year. Even like when you say, all right, they're not going to get all the turnovers. Right. We know they can rush the passer. They can rush the passer again this year. Uh, it's going to be a problem. Like this, it's going to be a problem for them this week. And, you know, maybe Cooper Rush uh, is doing his game management thing again. And this, the, the Cowboys hang around and can steal one, but the Rams have like real big, like big picture problems. Yeah. So one of the things like we, talk so much about how defenses are, are approaching just offenses across the league, right? And playing too high, you're going to mm-hmm. stop them from, uh, you know, throwing anything deep. That's not happening with the Rams. The Rams, <laughs> the Rams, well, no, it's not even that. Uh, teams are playing a cover three because they are using that second safety right now to sit in the intermediate level because that's where the Rams killed last year. They had such a good intermediate game and they want to cut off those crossers. Um, and that's what the crossers and the digs, which is where, you know, Cooper cup killed them last year. That's where like the Odell Beckham did last year. Like even, you know, Van Jefferson a little bit was a really good intermediate threat uh, for them when things were clicking, but it teams don't want the Rams throwing there. And it started with the bills right now, Matthew Stafford, um, so 19.5% of his passes last year went to oh, between 11 and 19 air yards. It was one of the highest rates in the league. This year, it's 8.7%. Uh, that is easily the lowest rate in the league. There's no other uh, quarterback right now below 12%. Uh, so the place where they killed so much, and like that's that's kind of what you think of when you think of that Rams offense. It was all mm-hmm. those crossers, and that gives Cooper Cup the, the space. The defenses right now are flooding that area. Uh, the Rams... The Rams have the most cover three played against them for like 40% of snaps. And that's been like pretty consistent through all four games. Like all four teams they face have played cover three about 40% of snaps. So they're using that second safety to kind of, uh, the second safety is sitting in the intermediate level. You got linebackers and, and the best teams that did that were, you know, um, obviously the the Bills and the 49ers. They have Matt Milano. You have Fred Warner. You have a, a linebacker yeah. who can sit in that area and, and take away those places. The Cowboys are now, on their own playing cover three at the highest rate in the league. So like they are going to be trying to take away those intermediate routes. Um, and, and the Rams just like, so it's either short passes or it's it deep throws. And, and right now, like Cooper cup is taking away. I wrote about this in the article too, like because there's no one else who like kind of has the juice to be the deep threat. Like Cooper cup is, is taking over that role too. Like he has more deep targets down the sideline than he did last year. Um, and like you, you just can't win that way. So there's just so many little things in this Rams offense that aren't working that are just like exploding to many big problems. Like it's one giant problem because they have so many little ones that they just don't have a lot of ways to, to figure it out. And then you kind of talk about the run game, like they're running okay under center. Um, but they've also completely transformed the play action game to make that work. So now, right now, 95% of Stafford's play action passes have been under center. Um, and they just don't have any like shot play. 46% of his passes out of play action have been at or behind the line of scrimmage. So like they there there's nothing generating explosive plays, and like that's all the Rams were last year. 
and you go and get to this Dallas defense that is going to be able to to stop that. They have speed, um, you know, they're going to be able to sit in that intermediate level, and uh, it's 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 a tough look right now. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, on the other side, though, I mean, listen, we we keep falling for it, and maybe he won't pull the rug on us. But man, Kellen Moore's been good again. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like I think they they simplified it to a little bit. So one of the things like the, the CD Lamb, I think, is is a big uh, picture kind of a part of this, mm-hmm. right? We were kind of like wondering what is CD Lamb doing, especially like early in the season against Washington. Like they had the best usage of CD Lamb. I think I wrote about this in first and ten too. Um, you know, they had motioning him uh, to get him like in the slot to work like on on linebackers. And that is something like we hadn't really seen. Uh, it was a lot of like early in the season, they were trying to, you know, CD Lamb's good so he can win one on one. But like, yeah, yeah, that can be true. But also like get him in a favorable matchup. So they motioned him into the slot against Washington. They got him on a crosser um, that you know linebackers were kind of chasing him. Uh, the one touchdown he had, uh, they motioned him to where against his zone defense Cole Holcomb was uh trying to chase him uh in the end zone so they're like they're figuring out that they're they're setting up some of those easy buttons like and that's and Cooper Rush will be able to take advantage of that so when you're getting him in advantageous looks I think that's starting to open up the offense a little bit um and as they're still you know figuring some things out two weeks ago that I think they really figured out the the pony personnel package um you know they had some some good plays taking some shots downfield um the one wheel route they had to to CD Lamb was uh, you know set up because of that that pony package with Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott on the field. They like barely used that at all last week. Um, so I think they're they're still figuring that out a little bit. But I think there's just they're incrementally like figuring out how to structurally make this offense better. I think that's going to be a real good sign once Prescott comes back too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've been two weeks in a row. I've been really impressed with the Cowboys. And I know that they haven't played like the greatest opponents, but this is what we saw in front of last year with Kellamore. And then the offense kind of got bogged down again as the season went on. You get a lot more Ezekiel. It feels like they're not going that route this this season. Uh, it's early. Like I said, we've been here before, but everything everything has looked to make just things easy. And hopefully it wasn't just because Cooper Rush was getting put in, but hopefully it was more like, you know, Gretsch was on the fantasy podcast last week. We had talked about like, the Cowboys versus the Panthers, right? And how, you know, you're thinking the Cowboys seem to be thinking about like their players first and not just plays, whereas the Panthers are thinking about, you know, just doing what they do, right? Like they're they're running their offense. They're getting guys like she Smith the ball. Uh, and like the Cowboys are like, well, if we're going to win games, like we need guys like Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb to make plays. And they've put them in spots to make plays, right? And not just like lining up and saying, go win. You know, they put their actual best players in spots to make plays and, We've seen Tony Pollard. He didn't do anything last week, but the the previous two weeks he had huge plays against the Giants and the, the Bengals. Uh, and then CeeDee Lamb's been awesome the last three games. Uh, and, you know, I credit that to Kellen Moore. And, you know, you see guys like Noah Brown, right, like flourishing. Like no, like Noah Brown, even with Michael Gallup coming back, you know, has the longest reception of his career on a shot play where he's schemed open. Uh, yeah, feel feel pretty good if you're Cowboys because it could have been dark, right? Like I think everyone felt pretty bad. You know, Tyron Smith was already you come into yeah. the year, you come into the year losing him. We we we're on a podcast talking about like, ooh Cowboys man, and the defense is still playing really good. You've got obviously basically one of the best you know defensive players in the NFL in Michael Parsons. Uh, Demarcus Demarcus Lawrence playing really great to start the year. Uh, yeah, and if they pull this one out and they're you know what. 
going to be sitting, you know, right there at the top of the division again, right behind the Eagles, playing the Eagles on Sunday Night Football next week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like, now we got something. And Dak might be back. Yeah. It's one of those things. So, uh, this is not for the Eagles to play one competitive game so far. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, like, we we talked about this on on the podcast when it happened, but like, just to go on like a little bit of like a, a sidebar here. Demarcus Lawrence getting hurt last year might have been the best thing that could have possibly happened to the Cowboys. Like, if they're not down edge rushers, is like Mika Parsons still playing off ball linebacker like full time? Maybe, right? Like the, the injuries, like they were forced to play him as an edge last year because they had no other edge rushers. Um, like if that doesn't happen, is like is Mika Parsons just playing off ball linebacker like? He's maybe like one of the best blitzing linebackers, uh, but we're still like seeing him in coverage way more often. Like we, they, they like kind of accidentally fell into one of the best, 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 one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And it's kind of insane how, how that happened. Um, But like, man, he's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, It's uh, that, that completely unlocks like having him next to Lawrence, um, and what they're doing, like Dan Quinn's doing a, a real good job there. And I, I, they're one of those teams that's kind of like adjusting to what offenses are doing right now. And they're throwing some different looks and like, that's, it's, it's a, it's a fun defense and they're, they're playing well without forcing the turnovers that they did last year. Right. We were always concerned about, mm-hmm. will they be able to you figure, sustain it when they were getting turnovers at like an incredibly high rate that you just, you can't, you, you can't do, um, you know, for, for a long stretch of time. But like, I think they're, they're figuring some things out and, and playing better defense in, in general, even if the, the big plays haven't quite been there. I, I think it's, it's better for their long-term outlook uh, because they're just, they're playing well. Um, yeah. So like, you know, Raiders Chiefs is, is a fun, the Monday night game. I don't know like how, deep we want to get into like the, the chiefs are going to be fine man I, we, you said it last week you said it said it last week uh, chiefs are good um you know and not necessarily in, in the ways that you kind of you know hope they're still kind of figuring some things out that the shot plays aren't there in as much but like when you have patrick mahomes being patrick mahomes man it's just it, it doesn't matter it really yeah doesn't. you know listen we talked about too that that team like they were setting themselves up for a while to be, to have like this power run game component. And like, they hadn't really like pulled it out like very often, but man, they do, they just, they steamrolled the bucks on the ground, like absolutely ran down their throats. Uh, and we had kind of thought that this was something that they would have in this offense. And yeah, I mean, they, we had yet to see it pull out. I mean, they were rotating all those guys and CH and Pacheco, they were just running downhill at the bucks and just absolutely murking them. Uh, and if they're going to be able to do that, then that just obviously, can open some things up possibly in the back end. We did see MBS get one because, you know, he got he had a 36 yarder. Uh, so he finally showed up to the party, you know, for at least once, you know, you're going to get a couple of those MBS plays a year. Uh, yeah. yeah it, is, it is one of those things still big picture. I like where the big play is coming from in the past game. Like, cause, cause Kelsey was getting off early in that game and you could tell, like, it was like, Oh, this could be a Kelsey game. Uh, and, and if Kelsey, cause the only trouble they've run into, like I said uh, earlier in the show is that like, the only time the Chiefs run to like any type of stagnation so far this year is when teams have been able to slow Kelsey down. And like that's the the one thing. It's like, all right, can these other guys still make plays? Uh where Juju's looked okay. Like he's been fine. 
Um, but like the, the, the McCall Hardman still back to do this McCall Hardman thing. They really don't know what they want him to be. Uh, MVS is what he is. So you'd like to see someone step up and and make some plays downfield, but a big picture, like we said, it's the Andy Reid, you know, out here running, you know, backup tight end QB sneaks and, you know, I'm doing his goofy, all the goofy stuff that he likes to do. They were just having fun on Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're having a lot of fun against this Raiders defense too. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Um, <laughs> you know, you said that their only problem is when they have someone who slow down Kelsey, and I don't, I don't really see anyone on the Raiders defense who's going to be able to do that. Um, you know, even while they're you know doing some some cooler things, you know, obviously the change to Patrick Graham ha- has been an upgrade there, and just what they're trying to do. Um, and they have some you know, good pieces um, in the secondary and the pass rush, obviously, but it just hasn't, you know, completely clicked, especially as as the offense hasn't you know, completely clicked uh, there either. And so, yeah, it's going to be a. I don't think the, the the Chiefs aren't going to. It's not going to look like, you know, twenty twenty one games against the Raiders, but I don't no, really no. see them having an issue here either. Now, the, the Raiders are an interesting team because it's the way they built their roster, right? Like, the, their good players are really good players, and then their bad players are very bad players. Yeah, I mean, when you have, like, <laughs> Matt Collins, the best receiver uh, in the NFL, uh, and it, you don't really have much behind him. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah it's, it's one of those things where, like, they, they have, like, the Devontae Adams thing has, like, you know, worked out last week and that's where they got their best but like they were still going to him early in the season it just like wasn't completely working and you have you know Derek Carr who's just like he's he's gonna be Derek Carr and I think like uh, people get a little carried away being like oh this is you know the the improved version of Derek Carr and it just kind of always goes back to the the regular Derek Carr level and I kind of think like that's what we're seeing also Yep, that's, that's yeah. it. That's that's it. So I mean, <laughs> fun fun week of games though. Like we we've, we're getting the primetime games this week are good. I mean, I, we're recording this on Thursday, and that one might not be like the most electric, but Sunday night, Monday night should be pretty fun this week. Yeah, the the primetime games have been have been better, and I think that that helps. And how in the world is this truthfully the first time ever ever that the London is getting a game with two winning teams? How? Like absolutely mind blowing nugget. That, and, you know, people I mean, drop. when when you're talking about one of them being the Giants, like, were... but still, it'll never we we've shipped them so many games for a decade, and like now this is the first time that we've we shipped them two teams that have a winning record. And it, you think of how many London games are like in like week four, right? Like we like we we haven't sent them any any like teams that are just like you know three and one, like with two three and one, like you know two and one teams or anything. Like this is it's amazing. I'm surprised they were even allowing us to still send games to London with with that. Like, and I granted that we sent them a bunch of Jaguars games, so maybe that was the problem. But yeah, uh, I probably <laughs> probably sent sent a, a little. But bit I found it. that I, I I almost didn't believe that when I heard that show. It's like one of those stats. You're like, that's not true, and it's like, what? Like what? <sighs> yeah, no. Giants are live, man. Listen, if Bailey Zappi was live against the Packers, Giants are live still too. Just believe, Dan. I mean, no, they, they can't, they can't throw the ball. Like they still Bell back. Tony's coming back. No, they still can't <laughs> throw the ball. 
Um, so Daniel Jones had 0.22 EPA per drawback last week, right? Um, which w- was great. Like that was one of the highest. But if you look at just plays where he threw the ball, it was negative 0.1. All of his value came from scrambles. That's good and when, when he when he got hurt uh, and uh, he like wasn't able to come back to the game, after the game, he was like, I'm pretty sure it was because Dable couldn't use the bootleg game and like that's why he didn't want to put me back in and it's like you were admitting right now the reason your head coach did not want you to go in the game was because you couldn't boot so he doesn't want you to just like do any straight dropbacks like he (laughs) you're admitting your head coach does not want you to just do a straight drop back because like that piece of the offense does not work so listen just believe dan i was like i try to rope you in at least once per show run the option (laughs) all right so uh we're going to end the show here uh thank you guys for listening you can find all our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com and you know you can find uh, rich's worksheet uh you can find the uh his rankings doing some good dfs stuff we got a lot of a lot of really good uh fantasy content uh coming up on on sharp football analysis you can obviously uh by the the fantasy package um on the site you'll be getting all of rich's work which is so well worth it uh, you can find rich on twitter at word reeves you can find me on twitter at tampa thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon